It's time for the Believer, Unbeliever, and In-Betweener podcast. Join in on the conversation as three friends discuss socially relevant topics in view of biblical truth, where scripture meets skepticism. Welcome your hosts, Stephanie, Michelle, and Cheryl. All right, welcome back, guys. Um, Since Halloween is next week, we thought today's topic would be all things paranormal. Mm. Um, So, yeah, that's very spooky. And uh, this came about because um, there's a game that my son has been playing all week. It's a a very scary paranormal type of game. So, um, yeah, we just think this would be a really interesting topic because you know, I know a lot of people out there have played with Ouija boards and, uh, and has had experiences. And uh, yeah, what, what experiences have you guys had? Um, Stephanie and Cheryl, can you guys um, share any kind of experiences with the Ouija board or any kind of paranormal experience? Um, yeah, I mean, it, I, I mean, I can go first if you guys want. Yeah. So um, I would say, you know, if I think back to my past, the most supernatural experience I had was during a time in my mid twenties, when I was into paranormal investigation, I was a recreational uh, ghost hunter. I would go, (laughs) it sounds like really funny, but I would go. It's like ghostbusters. (laughs) I mean, I was like, I was trying to answer the question for myself. I was not a believer at this time. And my parents, when they were in college had gone to a real live haunted house. It started off as a joke. They went with um, eight couples had gone to a reported haunted house in Stanford, Connecticut. And again, it was a joke, but they actually experienced a lot of stuff. And so being um, that age myself, I was thinking to myself, well, I want to figure out, you know, if ghosts are real, you know, what are they? Um, are spirits real? Do I have a spirit? Is the spirit realm a real thing? And I was just kind of at that point in my life exploring all of that stuff. And I thought to myself, hey, if ghosts are real, I should be able to see one if they're real. <laughs> so <laughs> I started getting into paranormal groups and I would go to cemeteries with my friends oh my um, at like three o'clock in the morning. We were running oh my gosh. cemeteries, taking photographs, doing all crazy stuff. And, um, so as part of this time, my friend worked at the Inn on Lake Warmog in New Preston, Connecticut. It was a beautiful inn. Wealthy people would go there all the time. It was reported to be haunted. It was well known to be haunted. It wasn't a secret. And so I was in college at the time and he sent me a note and he said, hey, Stephanie, my friends and I are getting together and we're going to go to the inn. And um <clears throat> do you want to join us? So I said, yeah, I definitely want to join you. Cause here it was, I was at that time where I was exploring all of this stuff. So, so we went and, um, I met people who worked at the inn and they shared some of their experiences with us. And one of the people in the group that we were with, they pulled a Ouija board out and they were playing with the Ouija board and whatnot. And it was at this time that I learned that this place was haunted. And Mark, my friend Mark and I decided, hey, you know, we should get in contact with Ed and Lorraine Warren, who were at that time famous ghost hunters. They were the ones that did all the 
research on the Amityville house. So all of those movies that you see mm -hmm. on Amityville mm -hmm. Horror House and The Conjuring, all of those movies are based on what Ed and Lorraine Warren did in terms of their research. And so we contacted them and we invited them to come to the Inn on Lake Warmog to do an official investigation of, of the inn. And when we spoke to them, Lorraine had said to us, oh, I've, I've been wanting to do an investigation of oh, that really? location. And my friend was like, oh, I work there. I can get you in. So wow. long story short. They, did you have to pay them? Just out of curiosity, did you have to pay them? Like, how do you no, just call them? We didn't have to pay them because they, um, they, wow. they wanted to investigate that location for a while. So this mm -hmm. was like an opportunity for them. Mm -hmm. And we arranged a, a, a dinner and they wow. came with their team of investigators. One person was a psychic. Mm -hmm. Ed and Lorraine were both there and they had, you know, camera crews and the whole nine yards. And we all had dinner together. And I remember, you know, talking with them at the table. And I remember Lorraine telling us that in one of the houses that they investigated, this freaked me out so bad, but she said that there was blood coming down the walls, right? Oh my God. And I remember just being so freaked out. And I said to her, I said, Lorraine, can I just ask you, how do you do this without getting scared? And again, I wasn't a Christian back then. And I really didn't understand her, her answer. But she said, if you don't have strong faith, you can't do this, right? Because you can't do this work. And I was like, huh, okay. And again, went kind of over my head. I didn't really know what she meant. Um, and remember at this time, I, I didn't understand demons and all that kind of stuff. So I wasn't thinking in that way, okay? Um, so after dinner, Ed, Ed goes, now Ed was a professional demonologist. That was his title. Demonologist was his job title, okay? And he said to Mark and I, he go, he, he said, does anyone in this inn have a Ouija board? And Mark said, yeah, actually we have one in the kitchen because, you know, they kept one here. And Ed said, well, why don't you go grab the Ouija board and bring it into the other room and let's, uh, let's see if we can contact the spirits. And there was about 20 people there. So it was a pretty big group of people. And he asked Mark and I, if we would be willing to work the board. And I, uh, I've had a lot of experience working Ouija boards because we used to play with them all the time as kids. My grandmother told me she used to use Ouija boards with me as a kid. I mean, it was, I was very comfortable with it, but I kind of had this knowing that, well, I, you know, I probably shouldn't be playing with this, but he was there and he asked me to do it. And I remember saying, Ed, I'm really not that comfortable with this. And he goes, oh, I'm a demonologist. Don't worry about it you know, if anything comes through, I got it, you know, I'll protect you. <laughs> and don't ask me Those why. I that, well, I now said, I feel safe. Yeah, now I feel safe. <laughs> you know, I was, I was young, this older man, and, you know, he said it with such authority, I was like, okay, you know. And, um, Can so, I just interrupt for one second yeah. with, with the fact that, like, just three days ago, I watched that old school 80s mm -hmm. movie, Witchboard, with, like, Tony Katane and some other like silly 80s actors and I was laughing at, at this you know the way you're describing this I'm just picturing like like how goofy it is when people are playing with Ouija boards when, but go on yeah so um so I said yes and Mark and I were, were both there and it, it was all on video and I have the video somewhere mm. but um 
So I remember Mark and I closing our eyes because we said to the camera, you know, a lot of people will accuse people who play with the Ouija board. Oh, you're moving the planchette. The planchette's that little thing that you move on the board. Mm -hmm. And um, so I said, you know, we're going to close our eyes so that nobody who's watching this video is going to make that accusation. So we put our hands on the thing, closed our eyes. Ed started talking to the spirits or whatever, and the thing started to move. And again, I had my eyes closed, so I couldn't see what, what was being spelled or anything. He was writing stuff down. And all of a sudden, I felt ice, ice cold breeze whoa, like go right across the top of my hand. And I said, Mark, did you feel that? Now my eyes are still shut. And he goes, yeah, I felt that. And it happened again, another ice cold breeze brushes over our hand. At this point now, my eyes are wide open. And I said, Mark, did you feel that again? He goes, yeah. And all of a, Mark takes his hand off the planchette, just slightly above where our hands were. And he goes, holy crap. He's like, Stephanie, it's ice cold right here. And he started to feel the edges around where it was cold versus warm. And it was a ball. If you look at the video, you see he's like going like this and it's the size of a basketball, ice cold round circle right above the planchette, right above the board. And then people start coming over and they're putting their hand inside that cold circle. And one guy put his hand in and he goes, oh man, I'm getting tingles all the way up and down my arm. And now as that's happening, all of a sudden it starts to swirl around me. It just starts going, foo, 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 and it spins, ice, ice cold, like you would just put your hand in a freezer, and the breeze is just spiraling all around me. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I'm like, it's going, it's spiraling around me. And then it eventually dissipated. The, I, the, the cold, that's called a cold spot, okay, in paranormal research, you'll learn that it's a portal that opens, and they're called cold spots. And the cold spot began to slowly shrink. And then it went away. And the spirit that was flying around would just, it just went away. That's it. But um, that would be, I would say, the most supernatural experience I had. Um, I, I, I was aware of cold spots because I had done research. I knew that when, right before a person experiences something paranormal, like doors shutting and closing or anything paranormal, what usually will come first is the temperature in the room goes down. Either the temperature in the room goes down or a portal will open a cold spot, they call it. And that's why when you look at people who do paranormal research, they go around with temperature gauges because what they're trying to do is they're trying to, they're trying to look for cold spots, cold energy spots. Um, when my parents had gone into that haunted house when they were in college, my father experienced a cold spot in one of the rooms that they went in. There was a loud scream. Rah! You know, and the room dropped, the temperature just dropped, like ice cold, ice cold. So that is common with paranormal experiences, you know. Um, it's so just I would like say that game. Yeah. I was say just like the game I was playing. It's exactly, you described everything that was in that game. Like it, what? It, well, I, um, you know, it's a 3D game. It's, uh, it's the Oculus. So when, I don't know if you guys ever played the Oculus, you put this... Um, this stuff over your face, your ears, you know, over your eyes. And it's like, it transforms you. Like you really feel like you're there. And you literally feel like I had to like sit down at one point. Cause I, I, I was like getting dizzy, but, um, but yeah, you would see the cold spots and it had a gauge, oh. like a temperature gauge you hold in your hands. Oh. Yeah. 
Michelle. That's funny. Yep. And, and, and you measure the, you measure the, um, and with the little orbs, the little, little, uh, you know, you could see it in front of you and then yep. you know, the ghost is there. And the thing was, the meter was going off. There was a meter I had to hold and it would just, it would just go off and it was so scary. Oh my gosh. Well, you know, you bring up a good point because a lot of these movies and a lot of these games are based on real life Oh yeah. Occurrences, right? They're not just coming up with this stuff out of their imagination. Yeah. Um, now, of course, in movies, they they over dramatize things for entertainment, but mm-hmm. the premise of a lot of these things comes from real world uh, mm-hmm. experiences. Because yeah, everything you're talking about just it was reminding me of the game that I was in. I was like, oh my gosh, it's like yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, one other thing, since we're talking about Ouija boards, um, which by the way, they're very dangerous. Anybody mm-hmm. listening to this, do not try this. Unbeliever, believer, do not try this. You can get possessed. Do not use these boards, okay? But um, so I had an experience where my aunt invited me to her sister's house. They had a ladies' night every year. Now, her sister was extremely wealthy, was married to a sheik. They were friends with Elizabeth Taylor, Michael Jackson. They were in a whole nother realm of society, okay? Extremely wealthy. And I was at her house and this woman, I'm not going to name names, but she used a Ouija board every day. Okay. Mm -hmm. This is, she did not make any decision in her life unless she consulted the spirits through the Ouija board. That was, it was a daily, like you'd brush your teeth. She'd, Hey, what's the weather going to be like? And I'm not even kidding. That's, she would literally say, you know, what's the weather going to be like? This was pre Alexa. This was pre internet, you know? We go, hey, Alexa, what's the weather going to be like today? Well, she got her Ouija board and was like, it was like Ouija board Alexa, kind of, you know? Well, her, her and my aunt at the time uh, invited me into their room to watch them as they, con- you know, c- connected to the spirit. And she had a name for the spirit. I forgot what the name was. She called it by name. And she, there they were using the board. And I kid you not, they were not touching the planchette at all neither one of them had their hands on it the thing was moving no hands that freaked me out that freaked me out wow now now i have used the board and i've used the board with people where my hands would come up and my fingers were not touching it and it would still move so i understand that that thing will move without you touching it i get that but i never saw it move with two people not touching it like that it probably did that because this lady had such a connection with this demonic spirit that she was talking to every day that, that the spiritual energy there was probably so uh, concentrated that that thing was just, you know, moving like that. But that really freaked me out. So, but I would say those, for me personally, experiencing that, that energy, that spirit spiraling around me, ice cold, um, that really... I never touched a Ouija board again, mm-hmm. ever. I mean, I still wasn't a believer at that time, but, and I, and I praise God that nothing happened, that nothing jumped in me or I didn't get possessed or something like that. But that really scared me and I will mm-hmm. never do that again. Um, mm-hmm. But I, <laughs> before I finish this, I remember Ed after that, um, Ed was like, okay, okay, let's stop. Cause I was freaking out. I was like, I, I was like, Mark, I don't even know if I want to stay here. I was like, I, I'm getting really scared. And um, I remember Ed kind of took over and he's like, all right, let's try, try, let's try something else. And then he started talking to the spirits and he said, if you're in the room, light all the candles in this room and flip the table over. 
I looked at my friend Mark. I go, if one candle lights in this room, or if that table even moves an inch, I'm out of here. See ya. You know, and um, yeah, and you know, so whatever. And then then they went around to all the different rooms and did their investigation and everything. But I would say that that would be my my experience. So can I go next? Because mine isn't really that much. Isn't that big, but. We were kids and uh, we had a Ouija board. I don't know if I owned it. I don't remember. I just know we had one. We played with it. We had a couple of kids. It was, uh, we were at my friend, maybe it was Cindy. My friend Cindy had it. We were at her house and we were sleeping over. We were having a sleepover. We might've been about 10, maybe 10, 11 years old. Maybe a little older, I don't even know. Anyway, and I think it was just my sister, me, my sister and Cindy. And we're playing the Ouija board and I mean, it literally was moving. And, you know, I was kind of like not really believing it. I was like, I don't know if I believe it. And, uh, but it was really like we were asking it questions and it really was talking to us. It was answering us. And we did hear like thud, like, like the, we'd say, you know, hit the table or something. And then it did hit the table and like things like that were, ha- were happening. And I wasn't sure if it was like real or not. But, um, but I do remember, um, you know, we were playing with Barbie dolls, of course. And, um, we went to bed and we woke up like her Barbie dolls were like arranged, <laughs> like they were like arranged in, in places that we didn't like put them. Like we were like, oh, gosh, we, no. yeah, like yeah. when we woke up, I just remember like freaking out because my friend freaked out. My friend's like, Oh my gosh, what the heck is this? And who did this? And yeah, it was really, it, it freaked, it freaked wow. me out. And I don't think I, I don't know if I played with it. I might've played with it again after that. Cause I found that very fascinating. I really, I don't think I was really afraid. I was just like, wow, it's so cool. Let's talk to the dead. You know, I was really yeah, like, it excited. Is interesting. It's like the magic. Yeah. Ape. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we had those two, the magic. I had an, I had a magic ape. I love that thing. But yeah, I just wanted to talk to the dead. Like I was really like yeah. really into interested in that as a kid, you know, cause we were innocent. We didn't know what we were doing, but yeah, we would have like experiences like that. You know, where we would ask her questions. Yeah. And it would just, it would just totally float and answer it. And, and, you know, we'd be like, I'm telling you, I'm not moving it. Cause I think there were like three of us on the, on the thing, like we were, or two or three of us. And no, actually it was the two of us. And I remember it moving and, and, you know, I know I wasn't moving it. I couldn't spell. I was a horrible speller. So, <laughs> cause you know, you had to go to the alphabet, <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, so there's, there's that that was my experience. But just recently, like I was saying, my, my son got this paranormal game and he's like, mom, you want, you want to play it? And I was like, yeah, yeah, why not? I'm, I'm, I'm curious. And it was all, it's all about ghost hunting. It's all about that. It's like you, you start off in a van. It gives you um, a lesson of what house you're going into. It gives you a name of the, the spirit that's in there. And they say, don't, it gives you instructions. And you don't say her name or you anger her. And uh, so, of course, I go in the room, and, and as soon as you go into the house, like, it's, it's scary. It's, like, really, really eerie, because you really are in that house. You're, it does, I don't know how this Oculus does it, but you're, like, literally in the house. And, and you hear the music, and it's just spooky. And then I was, I was, like, calling it. I was, like, I was calling her name, like, Carol Hardware, let's say. I'm, like, Carol Hardware, are you in here? And <laughs> it was just so scary. And... Uh, so after playing that game, you know, I didn't think anything, Alfred, I wasn't like, because I don't believe that. And I'm just like, I have Jesus. I'm not going to be afraid. But ever since I played that game, I've been jumpy, like crazy jumpy. I've been, things have been happening in my house where like, like I, twice, 
um, I'm in the kitchen and all of a sudden the light went on and I'm like, okay, what the heck? Like the lights were already on, but like it got brighter or something like the light bulb wasn't fully on or something. And it just went on brighter. And, um, and then it happened again in another room where the light was on and it just like, like it was just weird. And, um, and then I'm seeing, you know, like I'm seeing like little shadows of, of something. And I would like, look, like, what's that? Like I would do that. And this was happening a lot. So what I did was I was like, I took, I just prayed. I was praying throughout my house, the blood of Jesus over this house. And I, and I would say it out loud, you know, you know Jesus is my authority. He's here. And I uh, just had to play, pray. And um, yeah, but that, that's been, but my, my son is playing this game every, every single night. And, um, I probably wouldn't do that. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm thinking, I'm thinking the same thing. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't invite anything. In He's house. inviting I mean, it. Yeah. yeah I mean, with that stuff. Yeah. You gotta be, yeah. Uh, and and I, it's funny because I called Stephanie, like as I, before I saw I was going to play the game, I wanted to see, I wanted to ask Stephanie, what do you think? Do you think this is like a Ouija type of thing? This game? Like I was freaking out. I was like, what do I do? Can I play it? Like, what do yeah, you I think? Mean, I gotta think too. Look, you, you didn't mention to me that they were having you, like, call out a name. Oh, yeah, you, you like, I didn't know. It, I, I thought it was just, like, yeah. a house. They, they were, things were just jumping out at you. I would say yeah. you want to be careful how much you scare yourself, too, right? Because God says, you know, mm. the Lord does not give us a spirit of fear. But yet right. you're subjecting yourself to fear, you know? Right. Um, anyway, but uh, let me just go back to what you were saying about the dolls that got positioned yeah. in a new yeah. way. It made me think one of the things I remember they said about the inn, one of the supernatural uh, paranormal events that would happen at the inn was they had this really expensive old china that the inn displayed behind a glass. Uh, it was like a plexiglass case, but it was closed. Like it was, it wasn't like you can open it right? This was like antique stuff that they wanted to keep sealed, right? And they were telling me that, or they were telling the whole group that periodically the dishes would be completely messed up and then they would go back to order and then they would get messed up and then they would go back to order. So this idea of rearranging or mix arranging, it makes me kind of think of that when you Mm -hmm. say these dolls were rearranged in a different yeah they they were like what they were in like the dollhouse or something and we didn't have them in the dollhouse we had them whatever it was it was just we i just remember you know freaking out over that and we were like come on mom did you do it you know and they're like no i didn't do it and we were like you have to tell us did you really do it and they were they you know insisting that they didn't touch the dolls so yes all right Um, well let's hear from cheryl cheryl how about you wow guys i'm i'm the opposite of both of you. I, I don't, I just don't have any experiences like that. Any real serious experience. I, I must have some tightly closed portals, you guys, because. <laughs> well, you're smart. You're not going around <laughs> playing with Ouija mm-hmm. or, you know. Uh, oh, contraire. I mean, I, I played with them when I was younger ooh. and, you know, I've, I go to haunted houses and I, spend time Mm -hmm. in insane asylums and I I go looking for it, you know, Mm -hmm. um, even the whole month of October right now, I just watch scary movie after scary movie because I just, (laughs) I'm all into it. I mean, I used to sit in the attic and turn out the lights and like wait for some demon to come grab me and (laughs) nothing ever happened, you know, (laughs) 
Maybe because the, the 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 devils know that you're not afraid, so they're like, "Yeah, we're not going to steal her." <laughs> it's, it's no fun. <laughs> it's no fun. Um, but I I do think that I can remember the one time like a weird experience happened to me a thousand years ago when I was like ten, when I was sleeping in my bed and I woke up and at the end of my bed was this like I guess it felt like a hologram, you know like this, uh, this radiant uh, silhouette of what I assumed may have been my great grandfather because he was an Indian chief. And so I had this man at the end of my bed with the whole headdress and, you know, the whole Wow, getup. that's insane. Yeah, and, I mean, you know, that's a pretty, that's a he pretty was glowing, uh, you know. experience. So, Cheryl, I mean, that, that, is a, that is a supernatural experience. Most people don't have that. I never saw a ghost. Yeah. And, but I mean, the thing is for me, it's, uh, you know, first of all, it was, you know, it was quick, it was fast, you know, he disappeared mm -hmm. right away. And, and I'm of the personality type kind of write these things off to, you know, oh, I was probably still dreaming or, you know, I I'm more of a person that's going to say there's a logical explanation for this rather than think it's something supernatural. Well, right. help us understand, right? So for people who never saw, let's just say an apparition, right? Oh, that's the word I couldn't think of. Apparition, yeah. Like, were, like one, were you dreaming, right? Num number two, was it different than a dream? And if you say yes, how? how? Like, how would it be different? No, I mean, I, I can't answer if it was a dream or not because I was sleeping. So whether I had woken up for the moment or whether I was still asleep is you know, is yet to be determined. Um, and I'm sorry, what was your next question? Um, well, I, okay, I, I guess there is no second part to that because you're saying you can't confirm or deny that you were sleeping. So sure. Okay. Yeah, I have no idea. Um, and, um, but you said something else. You asked something else. Well, I was going to say, if you, if you say, no, I know I was awake, then I was going to say, well, can you describe how you know that? But I guess you said you, you, you don't know if you were awake. Yeah, because I, I really would have no idea if it was just sort of some, you know, I, I mean, I guess it felt real, but I've had plenty of dreams that felt totally real. So, it you know, it's yeah. just in that bucket to me. And so this, like, let's just say you saw this apparition for a couple seconds it didn't talk to you it just and then it just vanished yeah yeah pretty much pretty boring you know i i will say i, mean, I don't I, think that's boring i mean <laughs> no that's, that's exciting how they, these things don't usually last very long like when people have an experience rarely does is it prolonged yeah. you know how about this my grandfather passed away my mom's dad and, um, and we went to his funeral that day and everything. And it was uh, early evening and we had a glass ashtray um, on the, on the table. And we were just, we were just sitting around. We were talking about my grandfather and all of a sudden out of the blue, the glass shattered. Yes. I've seen that out happen. Out of the blue. We yep. were just like, what the heck was that? So actually, I, I, yeah, completely. That's telekinesis. That's how they do that. It's through, it's through wow. frequency, through vibration. When you start talking about them, um, oh. that I, I experienced that as well. When we were, wow. uh, we were at a, a meeting 
and the people leading this meeting were talking about the spirits in this particular place and a couple who they were at this table as they were speaking about this particular spirit their glass it was a thick thick goblet yeah right? the same thing it was thick yeah, was very thick, thick yeah and what it this 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 goblet rose off the table and then it shattered like like the the like an opera singer hitting a high mm. note and shattered mm -hmm. like the cracks were so intricate because i remember I had my friend grab the stem for me. I said, can you go grab the stem, <laughs> right? And, so, and, and I looked at the stem of the glass and it was so, like the cracks in it were Ooh. so intricate and whatever did pop shattered into powder. It was like, pff, you know, like just like an opera singer would hit a high note and then the glass would shatter, just like that. All right. Michelle, yeah, you know, you that, I just it. had a glass do that to me two nights ago. Uh -oh. Those and scary here, movies you're watching. And here was the explanation. <laughs> oh, let's hear your explanation. Here was the explanation. <laughs> it was a candle and it burnt down to the wick. And then, so because of the temperature change. Again, oh, that's different. Glass, yeah, that's, it, yeah, that's, that's different because you have a heat <laughs> yeah. I, I was just <laughs> kidding with you. I know. <laughs> no, but I mean, you never but, know. I mean, this could happen to somebody um, in their house. I mean, my yeah, point so is when, like for me, when things like that happen, I always chalk it up. To, like perhaps things yeah. have happened to me. And the reason I don't think I have any stories for you is because I'm the type of person who's going to chalk it up to some sort of scientific, you know, explanation mm -hmm. between temperature or, you know. Yeah, and I mean, look, in, in the paranormal investigative world, they go through all of that, right? Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. It's not to say that they go, oh, it shattered, so therefore it's a ghost, right? It's not that, it's not that. They rule out everything else, you mean. They, they, right? You rule out yeah. everything else. But I mean, this was like the glass levitated up off of the table <laughs> and then it shattered in midair. This was not like a candle or, you know, yeah. um, and, it, and I, what I'm finding kind of interesting, Michelle, since you're saying you had a, you saw something similar was mm -hmm. it, it, if we compare stories, it, what matches there is that it occurred while people were talking about a particular spirit or person. Yeah. So that, that's my next question though, then as far as that goes. What what is that? It, it, does that mean that the person is not in heaven? Is it like what does that mean? Like if if well, are they supposed to be in heaven? I, I can tell you what the paranormal investigators told me when I asked that very question. I was like, okay, can you explain like how did that happen? Like what's going on? And this was their explanation. Now I'm not saying this is correct. I'm just saying this is how they explained it. They said that when you are focusing attention on like let's say a particular spirit, right? and you're talking about it and giving it energy, then through telekinesis frequency, they, that's how they, it's a frequency thing that is how it shatters like that. But you're giving it energy by giving it attention and talking about it. Now, you know, what I've come to understand is that there, there are no such things as like a ghost in the sense of, you know, your dead grandfather, you know, comes out of heaven or comes out of hell and then appears in your bedroom. Like that, that's not really what's happening. It's the, these mnemonic interdimensionals that take on the form of, they masquerade as a dead relative or they masquerade as an alien. You know, so the whole alien phenomena is the same thing. It's just, they're, 
masquerading in a different form, but it's, it's um, interdimensional demonic energies or spirits. It, it's not that person's actual dead relative. So I would probably say that it's, you know, demonic energy that is creating, just like when you look at the planchette on the Ouija board, there's an energy, mm. there's a force that's moving. Oh, yeah. Right? Just yeah. like that, that, that energy, that, that spirit or whatever you know, that swirled around me, um, there was a force there. It, 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 it had temperature. It had movement because it was like, you know, if somebody runs by you really fast and you feel a quick br- breeze, I mean, it, it had movement. So, you know, they, they manipulate matter. They, that, that's how, you know, people levitate. Um, doors open and close you know, radios turn on and off. They're, they're affecting the electrical circuits. But um, speaking of levitation, I'll share another story. When I was at one of Ed and Lorraine's uh, conferences, at the end of their presentation on haunted houses, um, they have a Q&A period. And so you have to wait in line to ask them questions. And I was waiting in line to ask them a question. And the people in front of us they were a husband and wife, and I could hear what they were saying to them. And th- what they were saying was um, they were seeking help because the wife had recently woke up, levitated, her face was on the ceiling. She woke up and she was floating, like with her, kind of like you see in the Ghostbusters movies, the lady like levitates off the bed, mm-hmm. and she was freaking out. And the husband and wife were like, you need to come to our house. We don't know what's going on. Like, can you help us understand? Like, why did my wife wake up with her face planted to the ceiling? <laughs> and, I mean, they were freaking out. And I remember looking at my friend going, oh, wow. Like, I had never heard of that before. But, you know, things like that. It's like there's a force, right? And, it, you know, and, and the way I understand it is these demonic entities, powers, whatever, spirits um, can do that. Mm-hmm. You know, and so, when I, when I was doing uh, investigative research, you know, in the paranormal, I saw videos, home videos that people would bring to these conferences and, you know, videos of people in haunted houses where they would get shoved up against the wall and they would slide up the wall. Oh my gosh, that's so weird. You know, and it's just like yeah. crazy stuff, you know, yes. very dangerous stuff. I mean, yeah. you know, I would definitely not encourage anyone. So let, let's, let's kind of switch gears a little bit as far as Halloween. Now, Halloween is next week. And I grew up loving this holiday. It's my favorite holiday. It's, it's all, cause can't, for me, holiday. it's, yeah, and it's because, it's because candy. You know, it's a, you get to dress up, you, you go to people's houses, and you get candy at the end of the night. You come home, you get to sort through like hundreds and hundreds of pounds of candy. So for me, <laughs> it's always been just a fun holiday. And, uh, and my kids, same thing. Like I, I taught them the same thing growing up, you know, we would do trick or treating and just have go to Halloween parties. And, you know, I, I was a Christ follower and, um, you know, I didn't think anything of it. And I had, uh, you know, a friend of mine, part of the, my friend group, I remember her telling me that she's from the Islands. She's from, uh, I forgot which one, maybe Haiti or Jamaica, wherever it was, she's from an, the Islands. And I remember her saying that, yeah, no, we don't celebrate that. My, no way. My mother would not let us. And it was a, a whole big thing. And I remember looking at her like, what are you crazy? It's a harmless holiday. I don't know what, like, like I would just think 
wow, that, what a sad childhood you had. Like, I literally was judging her in that way. Like, that is ridiculous. I can't believe it's so harmless. How could you, how could you, it's, as it's candy, you know, it's, it's just that. And, um, and up until, and I had friends and I would go to Halloween parties and dress up like, you know, spooky, scary thing, person. I, I remember one year I went to a church um, Halloween party. And I, right after that, I was going to my friend's annual Halloween party. So I dressed like a, like an evil woman. I'm so embarrassed thinking about it. This was like two years ago. <laughs> and it's like, here I am with my, my friends from a new church that I went to. And we're having a little harvest party, which, you know, nothing scary, just like food and a get together. But here I am borrowing their bathroom. And then I come out like a, a evil, evil woman, like scary with blood. I scared everybody there. I came out of the bathroom. <laughs> Grown men were like, <laughs> I oh, was, was it was bad. I had like contacts in my eyes. I made my oh, face wow, bloody. I looked, I looked bad. It was scared. I scared myself when I looked in the mirror. But here I am at a church function. I'm a church lady. <laughs> it's like, where? What and you look like a demon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can only imagine what they were thinking. Because again, to me, Halloween is harmless. And then, um, yeah, and then just past like, you know, year, year or two, you know, just, you know, you, you kind of, you know, showed me a lot of things that, um, you know, a lot of videos I watched and just how evil it really is. And, um, and it's really, it really is, I guess it's, I don't think it's that harmless. I mean, I don't know. I'm kind of like on the fence. That's why I'm the in-betweener, but it's like, you know, on one hand, I'm like, it's just a harmless holiday. But then on the other hand, if you really think about what the meaning of Halloween is, it's not, it's not harmless. It's evil. I mean, if you look at, I mean, skeletons, goblins, zombies, blood, gore, you know, why are we celebrating that? Like, I don't get it. Like, why are we glorifying dead, like death, you know? So yeah, that's what I kind of well, wanted to bring up. Well, it's interesting that you say, why are we celebrating death? I mean, if we look at the origins of Halloween, right? Halloween is really the occult holiday of Samhain. And it's spelled Samhain, S-A-M-H-A-I-N. And so for anyone who's never heard that word before and has no idea what I'm talking about, I would say after the episode, Google search witch's wheel. Just Google search witch's wheel. And you'll see all of the pagan holidays on what's called the witch's wheel. And these are all the, the holidays that people in the occult celebrate. Now, Samhain originally um, was uh, practiced by the Druids. Druids were very you know, evil. I mean, they, con they did a lot of conjuring. They did sacrifices of animals, humans. It, it was like bad stuff. But so this celebration of, of death which is what it was. So it's interesting, Michelle, that you would use that terminology. It was the end of summer. So it was like the death of summer and then entering into winter where everything dies. But it wasn't just a harmless, um, you know, celebrating the, the, the weather change. They would sacrifice, these druids would sacrifice animals and humans. And the way it became Halloween was the... Uh, Roman Catholic Church later adopted the celebration of Samhain, also known as All Hallows' Eve, to appease their pagan converts. 
So remember, if we go all the way back to the time of Constantine, there were a lot of pagans entering the Catholic Church, and the Catholic Church mixed a lot of paganism with a little bit of Christianity. So to appease their pagan converts, they took Samhain, All Hallows' Eve, they dropped a couple letters, and you get Halloween, the Eve of Hallows. And so um, that's like the root. It's What we practice as Halloween is really Samhain, right? Just to bottom line it. It's the celebration of death. Um, and those who are in the occult today still uh, follow a lot of those same practices. They do a lot of spells on this day. At the higher levels of the occult, they are still sacrificing animals and humans. Um, there's a lot of dark demonic spiritual energy that's, that's generated on this day and even the days before and after the 31st. So, you know, I mean, Samhain and Halloween, is really, you know, there's a lot of fear, death, devils, occult, is really like the theme of, of this. And, Ooh. you know, a lot of people- So are you saying it has nothing to do with honoring the dead? It's about kind of like it's honoring. more legal instead of honoring the dead? Ooh. I'm sorry, uh, it's, Michelle, you spoke and sorry. I didn't hear the full question. And <laughs> the question again? It's, so it's not, it's not about people- honoring their dead loved ones or anything it's 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 about committing more murder it, like is it that no i don't really think it's about committing murder i mean it depends on the practice that that particular occultist is practicing some witches will uh on halloween or samhain uh, they will give honor to their ancestors they will um honor their dead relatives. So there are some witches that will do that. Not all of them do. Um, I think that for a Christian, right? Because a lot of people will say, well, it, it's fun. So what's the harm in having fun? Um, I would offer that, that there's a difference between fun and walking righteously, right? God has commanded his followers to be righteous we are called to be righteous so when so it's not the question is not is it fun or not yes going trick-or-treating you know, getting candy dressing up it's fun but as a believer it's not about hey let's have fun it's about walking righteously and so i i would say a christian has to ask themselves do you really think you're behaving righteously according to scripture by participating in an event like that when you know the history of it and you know what's really happening today in the occult world around these times you know christians understand that there's a spiritual war going on and we're called to walk righteously so it's to say oh it's fun well yeah no one would argue it's fun fornication is fun but it's not <laughs> righteous but it's not righteous right so um Mm, I, I, I would say the, the, the context has to shift for a believer. Mm. Right. It shifted for me. It definitely shifted for me where I am not partaking in it. And I am now being made fun of by my friends. And it's ridiculous because we're all adults. But <laughs> I have, um, you know, there's about 10 of us and we're in a group, you know, friend group. And one year, every year, there's this one woman. She goes all out. She is this is her favorite holiday, loves it. I mean, goes all out, has big parties, hires a DJ. It's a whole big thing every year. 
I stopped going, I think two years ago. And I still, they don't, I still get made fun of. It's like, I have this one girl who's like, are you celebrating Halloween this year? You know, like I'm an adult and we're still doing like peer pressure. Like we're still being made fun of, you know? And I, I have to keep explaining to them every year. I'm sorry, I'm not partaking, you know? And then they, they bring up the year that I went there looking like a zombie. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. yeah, well, I mean, it, it, it's crazy. <laughs> you, you know, again, you know, I would say when it comes to speaking to other believers about this topic, I think that we are called to, you know, if I, if I read Ephesians 5.11, it says, take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness, but instead expose them. So we're commanded to take no part. It doesn't say a little part here, little part there. It says no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. So by by sharing, you know, the truth behind Halloween and how it's really the pagan celebration of Samhain that the Roman Catholic Church renamed All Hallows Eve, which ultimately became Halloween. And you see how the Druids are the ones that really uh, brought that in into play. I, I would say a Christian has to really within themselves study the scriptures and I'll, I'll, I will give some more scriptures, but, and then really be honest with themselves about what is happening on that day. What are they partaking in and giving their focus and energy to, um, even if they're not sacrificing an animal, that's not the point. You're still partaking in that, participating in that and contributing spiritual energy to that. So, and then it's up between that believer and God. You know, like we as believers are to expose things, but then I would say that believer has to determine for themselves what they feel is righteous for, you know, in, in God's eyes, right? And all we can do is, is be true to what we believe for ourselves. And so Michelle, it sounds like you have come to a point where you have a certain level of understanding and conviction that hey, you know, this is not really righteous for me to be doing as a believer, as a Christ follower. Yeah. Maybe they're not there yet. Maybe they right. will. Maybe they won't. Um, right. And I would say, you know, just like we read the book of Romans this morning, um, it says, talks about criticism. Mm -hmm. You know, they should not criticize you for mm -hmm. your choices if you feel that that holiday is something you don't want to partake in because you don't feel it's allowing you to, to walk righteously before God's eyes. Um, I would say, you know, let us not condemn one another, right? Yeah, and it's hard for me, too, like, because I, I become judgmental, too. I mean, because we all belong, well, I don't go to that church anymore. I'm not going to name the church, but they're all members of that church, and this church is promoting Halloween big time. Like, they yeah. they well, have, the you know. That's the problem. Yeah, and a lot of, it is, because it's, it's acceptable. It's acceptable, yeah. and you know, they do trunk or treat, all the churches do that. They do, you know, harmless trunk or, trunk or treat kind of thing. You're not allowed to dress scary or anything like that, but they're still, you know, they're still saying it's, it's a harmless holiday. And I remember them talking about that. I remember on Halloween, they would make, you know, the pastor would say it's a harmless holiday. And, you know, they're, they're just very into even like Harry Potter and all that. And, um, and that's another thing that changed me as well is because I, I, I really liked Harry Potter. And I still kind of do. I mean, I, I, the movies are sweet. You know, my kids grew up with, with the movies and I, I didn't find anything evil in it really. Like, I, just to me, it was just a harmless Here, Disney movie. But that's well, here's what I think the problem is in America is most people, unless they've come from the occult world, 
which most, yeah. most Christians don't, right? Um, modern day American Christians will look at things that have to do with the occult, Satanism, witchcraft, and so on, and have no idea mm-hmm. that they're even looking at something that is a cult. Um, now, Harry mm-hmm. Potter is, is, I would say, witchcraft 101. It's like, it's like beginner level in, into spellcraft, into mm-hmm. um, a lot of things that professional occultists do, right? It's kind of like beginner level, right? So it kind of warms people, you know, young minds, it warms them up, it familiarizes them with occult symbolism, with this practice of spellcrafting and all this, that, you know, if they kind of like it, they could eventually graduate into something more serious. And my uh, daughter was getting into it, you know that. She was heavily into Harry Potter. And I think because people don't recognize that that stuff is real, and it Mm. does have the ability to conjure up demonic spirits, dark energy, dark power, and people are kind of ignorant of that, then they think, oh, it's no big deal, right? Um, Man, until they you guys are Debbie Downers about this. <laughs> <laughs> I know she's Miss Scary Woman watching scary shit. My daughter last night went to a friend's house and you know what she watched? I, I'm, I'm so like upset that she watched it because I really didn't want her eyes or mine to see it. But they watched Saw like saw two okay that one's gross but yeah i know and it's like my kid man she we don't watch that stuff we're not into gore in this house at all or scary really we're not into scary movies or anything like that but yeah so she said she said all it was was bloody and it was disgusting and she couldn't watch she didn't watch half the movie i mean she had her eyes closed or whatever she was she was watching other people's reactions but still it's like i draw the line at gore i mean i love scary and suspense and Suspense, yeah. I don't mind. I don't uh, mind suspense. I do like suspense. But. I just, I do draw the line at gore. But yeah. I got to tell you guys, as an unbeliever, it, to me, it sounds like, it sounds like you're really stretching, you know, trying to take mm. a line from like somewhere all the way over here and just trying to stretch it all the way over there. Um, mm. When you say take a line, I'm, I'm not sure what you mean by that. Well, I just feel like you're trying to, you're just trying to, connect two things i mean yeah i guess there's a i guess there's a connection between the the, you know the 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 original purpose of the holiday or the festival um and and what we do now but i I just feel like it's it's a really really far stretch um i mean fun you say we you say you prefer to walk righteously rather than have fun, but, but what, you know, what the kids are doing, or, you know, if I want to go dress up as an elephant and have fun one night, I mean, who am I hurting? Um, I don't know. I mean, and then it's just kind of like, where do you draw the line? I mean, I saw those videos you sent me the other day. Um, I guess you can't have a bonfire anymore because what's a bonfire? It came from bone fire because they used to throw animals and human sacrifices into the fire. So we cannot have fires anymore and enjoy, Mm. you know, and enjoy fires. So where do you draw the line? I like to do yoga. If I'm in, if I'm in downward dog, does that mean I'm opening up a portal? that's a bizarre vision, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) all right, erase that from your mind. 
Um, but you know, or am I just stretching? I mean, I just feel like, come on, this is a little much for me, but that's because I'm an unbeliever. So that's my take. Well, no, I mean, I mean, these are good questions. And yeah. again, I would say that for, for, for a Christian, you know, a Christian is to obey the scriptures because the Bible says, do not deceive yourself and be hearers of the word, but not doers of the word. So we are commanded to not just read the Bible, but to actually live out the words of the scriptures. So correct. But it doesn't say don't dress as a fairy godmother. Um, I, again, it's, I know it's that day, but you are no longer participating in what they were doing however many thousands of years ago that was. Well, here, um, let's do this. Let me read a few scriptures. And then I will say to the believers that are out there, sit with these scriptures, meditate on the scriptures, and then do some research on Halloween. And between you and God, and between taking what you've learned and what the scriptures say, make your choice. Right. And before you, before you read the scriptures too, can I just say two things? Well, one yeah. thing that, um, you know, like I remember like my, my pastor of this church, you know, a, a lot of Christian, I guess a lot of the pastors use the, um, the Christian excuse kind of they're like, Hey, we're using this Halloween to get to know our neighbors and then give them or share the gospel. Like they, a lot of Christians do that. Like they will, hand candy out with a scripture verse or hand candy out and, and tell them God loves them or whatever they do. They use this holiday as, as that. Ooh, that um, sounds more sinful to me than, than the trick or treat. <laughs> but anyway, that, that, that's what they, they've been, a lot of uh, churches are doing that where they, they kind of use this um, holiday to, to kind of evangelize. Um, so there's that. Um, and another one, uh, no, that's, that's it. Uh, there was another thing I was going to say, but it actually, I, it came out of my mind. <laughs> so, you know, I always go back to, because I do believe in a coming judgment. I do believe believers and unbelievers will stand before God and give an, give an account for every word, thought, and deed. If that individual is comfortable based on the scriptures, standing before the Lord and giving an account, okay. Because ultimately he's their judge. Right. I mean, we, again, we are called not to take part in things that are of the darkness and to expose them. And for those who do that, great. It doesn't mean every single person will one, do the research. A lot of people don't. Mm -hmm. not, not a lot of Christians even read their Bible. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it does take work, you know, um, and a lot of Christians, you know, a lot of people just in general, they don't want to do the work. I mean, Second Timothy says, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Study. No one likes to study. I mean, it's not fun. It takes work. Um, well, but guys, you have to remember too, um, you know, if you want to build premise upon premise upon premise here, we'd have to start, the, everyone would have to start with being a believer before all the rest of these things make sense. And if you're an unbeliever, then, then none of the other premises, you know, they're either untrue or they have a different meaning. Right. So, I, I, I agree with you. I mean, all this evil stuff that you're talking about that is not evil to me because I, I don't, I'm, you know, I'm not following the scripture, I guess. Right. You know what I mean? Oh, right. So, exactly. An unbeliever, other an unbeliever is not going to be a doer of the word. 
right? So yes, well, you're I, right. I don't mean it like that. I, I even just all the um, the definitions you have of of you know evil works and things are not. That's not my definition because I'm not a believer. So the whole thing falls apart. You know what I mean? It's not like studies. Right, so, so are you saying that you don't believe in evil? Oh, of course I do. I'm just saying certain things that we're talking about, like certain acts, you know, like, uh, you know, walking down the street in a costume, getting candy doesn't, you know, obviously. That oh, so you don't under, you, you're saying you don't evil. see how that connects into it being uh, participating in, in wicked deeds. Yeah, I guess not, because I separate uh, in my my brain separates, you know, what people, you know, same thing with Christmas. I mean, you know, you, you would say people shouldn't celebrate Christmas. And I'm going to say, I think it's fun. And, um, today we just, uh, use it as a, as a time to get together once a year with our family and, and celebrate each other. Right. We're not necessarily, we, we've morphed away from whatever the, you know, okay, it's not really Jesus's birthday, but, and we move on, right. Like we've, it's changed its meaning. Right. So we're, we're celebrating something else. We're not celebrating something that we don't know that we're celebrating, if that makes any yeah, sense. And again, you know, I, I'm, I personally am not saying nobody should celebrate Christmas. I'm saying a Christian needs to be mindful about what they're doing because we are supposed to be the pillars of truth, the pillars of righteousness. And if we're partaking in the things of the world, the Bible says you are to come out of the world, be of the world, but don't partake of the world. We as Christians need to be that example. I personally would say the churches in America are um, uh, a very poor reflection of what true Christianity is. And I think it evolved into that or devolved into that because people were not marking and avoiding bad doctrine. Christians were not standing up for the truth. They're going along with the world. The churches now are bringing the world into the churches rather than being separated from the world. So, you yeah, know, I don't know what that is. I mean, churches have to stay relevant or people are going to move on to other things. So it, a church also has to constantly um, adapt to what people want to stay. Well, that, yeah. And, and there's a name for that. That's called seeker friendly. And to which me, I guess has to do with getting money from them. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I think a lot, well, yes, yeah, some of them do. Sure. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of these churches now, at least in America, I don't know how it is in other countries, but it's very, what they call seeker friendly and it's more evangelistic in nature. It's kind of like a place where people who are not believers can come and hear the gospel. And that's great, but it's not, they're not places for believers to grow. Right. right? Um, and I think that's what happened. The church brought so much of the world into it for that reason, Cheryl, to attract people when we should let the gospel attract people, right? We don't need to dress like Harry Potter and perform Harry Potter skits on stage, which is what some churches in Florida are doing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, bringing the occult into the house of God. I mean, that doesn't make any sense, you know? So it's like, it's almost like a lot of these Christians are embarrassed to be righteous or embarrassed to stand for the truth of God. And it's like, why? Well, I think it's you know? also because the fact that it's so, it's so worldly. It's like, say for me, for instance, and you, I'm sure, because you weren't brought up in the church, you know, you really, you weren't like, you didn't have. Well, I was, I, I went to Catholic church, right. different okay. than a lot of these Christian churches. Yeah. 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 So it's like, you know, when we're, you know, at such a young age, you know, 
living in the world and doing worldly things that everybody else is doing. It's such a, you know, could you imagine like, you know, everybody just saying, forget it. Halloween is not, you know, we're not celebrating Halloween or Christmas or whatever, you know, because God said not to, you know, it's, it's hard for people to just adapt to that when they've been programmed since the early age, <clears throat> you know, the world, it's loud. It's, it's louder than God's word. It seems. Wow. That's a, yeah. what, I like the way you said that, Michelle. Yeah. The way of the world is much louder than, than the word of God. But I mean, I guess it's always been like that, yeah. but it really is loud today. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's almost now, it's gone so far, like the Bible says in the, in the end times, everything will be inverted where those, you know, they call good Mm. evil and evil good. Mm. It's like to, to, to speak out about some of these uh, things that God speaks out against in his word, it's hate speech. When really it's the most loving thing you could do to someone is to share the truth with them. But Mm -hmm. it's now called hate speech, right? So everything's very inverted. Yeah, you're right. The world is much louder. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let me share a few verses, right? Can I, yeah. can I do that? Let me share a few verses. So First Thessalonians 5.22, it says, it's a very short verse, and it just says, mm. abstain from all appearance of evil. Mm. Abstain from all appearance of evil. So I would say a Christian has to say, do they believe in their heart, if they're honest with themselves, that the celebration of Halloween has the appearance of evil? Even if they're, mm. even if they're wearing a princess costume, just the, the celebration in general, does it have the appearance of evil? They, right, I, because I, they, I, they ask yourself that, right? Yeah. Um, and again, everybody has to be um, convinced in their own mind. So all, all yep. we're doing here is sharing verses. Um, now, doesn't this mean you have to, you get to define evil on your own? I would say that for those who know their, their Bible, they understand what God defines as demonic, you know, right? A a Christian would not be, would not know what evil is. Is that, am I understanding your question, Cheryl? I mean, does, does God talk about the word demonic or are you just talking about demons <laughs> well it says abstain from i'm just talking about this verse abstain from all appearance of evil so you know to me i would say when i see people dressed as devils or demons or you know monsters and stuff like that I would say to me, that has the appearance of evil. And so the Bible says, avoid that, have no part in that, uh, um, abstain from. So for me, I would say that that holiday does have the appearance of evil. And then when I understand what people in the occult are doing on that day, even though I'm not doing it, I don't want to be associated with that. But if you're at a Halloween party and everyone's dressed as a fairy godmother or a bumblebee and everyone's having a good time and there's no appearance of evil, now what? Again, I would say for that person, if that's their conclusion, then that's their conclusion. And then they're fully persuaded of that. Right. Like I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell someone not to celebrate Halloween. But then doesn't that mean I'm right. I'm walking righteously too, because it, I'm not in the appearance of evil, like in my mind, you know, 
just play along with me here. <laughs> Again, I'm, I'm just going back to God's definition of it. Would God show up and celebrate Halloween? Would Jesus Christ celebrate Halloween? I probably would say no. Right. right. And, and for me, just the decorations are, I, I just sold, um, I, mean, I probably should, I gave away a lot, but I had like the whole village, <laughs> like the haunted village with heads being chopped off and really like gory and disgusting that I, I used to decorate. And uh, that to me, that that's, that would be partaking in, in the evil. Right. And, um, and I don't even like, I, I drive down my block and it's like, you see like people, dead bodies decorations coming out of the ground and i'm like really like what what is that well, yeah i mean we can look at it right michelle it's like it's kind of like it's celebrating death and then yeah. jesus and jesus came to um save us from death and he says mm. he is the way the truth and the life so jesus is the resurrection he is the life so for us to be celebrating death again in mm. that context for me i would say that would right. say to me my Lord would not want me representing him in that way because we're called to be the ambassadors of Christ. And one of the things I hear a lot from people, both Christian and non-Christian is that a lot of Christians do not have a good walk with the Lord. They don't have a good testimony before people. And we're called to be the ambassadors of Christ. And I would say, are we like Michelle, to your point, you were calling yourself a Christian, but you're popping out of a bathroom at a party dressed as a demon. I know how embarrassing. I think no, I'm about just that. saying though, but I'm just saying, oh. right? So it's kind of like, is that what Jesus wants you when he says, give your body as a living sacrifice unto oh the Lord? Is that what he's right. expecting you to do to put contact lenses yeah. that look like a, a demonic oh spirit? I mean, right. Yeah, again, this is something each person who is a Christian has to come to their own decision, right? Um, but we are called to expose things. So we're called to give histories. We're, we're called to share the, the word. And then people of their own free will have to make their own choices. Um, let, me, let me share Ephesians 6.12. It says, for our, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So what this is telling us here is that our fight is not with other humans. It's, it's not a flesh and blood battle. We're battling spiritual forces in the heavenly realm. And remember, if we go back to Genesis, it says that God created the, both the things that are seen and unseen. So God created a, a seen world and an unseen world. So there is a world that's unseen. People will call it the spirit realm. But we know that there's an unseen world. Um, biblically speaking, the Bible talks about that. And according to Ephesians 6 here, it's saying that there are wicked, dark, evil, spiritual forces in these heavenly realms. And that is really the enemy. Um, so a lot of this has to do with like spirit, the spiritual battle rather than just looking at it on, on, on a uh, physical level. So how does that, can you tie that back to us, like walking, because obviously walking righteously with the Lord isn't going to keep those demons at bay, and yet, you know, they're going to come attack me because I don't. Like, how do you tie that back 
to uh, the earth? Okay, good question. So when we do things, engage in things, whether it's an, it's the Ouija board because we think it's just a game or whether it's playing tarot cards or whether it's watching certain things that we shouldn't watch or, or whether it's um, participating in things like Halloween, we are giving consent. So the way the spirit world works is you're giving permission. You're giving consent. So if that spirit, that demonic spirit wants to torment you or attack you or do something, it has to have legal right spiritually to do that. And so there are a lot of things that we do oftentimes unknowingly that will open us up for demonic attack. And for those who have had demonic attack, no, um, it's not fun. Uh, now, remember, demonic attack is not just something, you know, like as severe as getting thrown across the room or getting your blankets pulled down off your bed. Yeah, that could be a demonic attack, but a lot of it has to do with your mind. You know, um, remember, the enemy wants to, to make sure people don't get saved. That is the number one goal of the enemy in, in the spiritual war is that you die and go to hell. So if, if the enemy can get your mind bound in a way where you never come to Christ, mission accomplished. So a lot of the spiritual bondage and the spiritual attack is happening in people's minds and souls, not always in the natural. I mean, can it manifest in the natural? Yes. Like, for example, if you do things like play with a Ouija board, you are blatantly opening that door, you're giving the right to that demon saying, I want to talk to you. I'm inviting you in. And it, and, it, and it will start talking to you. They will start talking to you. And like, in my case, that portal opened and that spirit came through and swirled around us and whatnot. Um, you know, if a person continues on that path and keeps doing that, um, yes, it can manifest in the natural. I mean, there are occult people that summon demons, right? I mean, they, they seek that, they seek to do that. Again, that's very extreme. So yes, it can manifest in the natural, but a lot of times these things are happening in your mind and your soul and they're binding people. So they, number one, never come to Christ or they get tormented, you know, spiritual torment. You're not at peace. Um, maybe there's addictions there people can't get free of, you know, things like that. Or you get, you, it drags you deeper into sin in your life. And you never get free and you never get saved. That's ultimately the goal. So that's how these spiritual forces in the heavenly realm work. I would say that that's, that's the danger of this stuff. Um, do you guys want to comment on that before I go to the next scripture? Yeah, it raises a couple of questions for, for me. I don't want to, I don't want to get into it, but I, got, I, I was just thinking like, is there a middle ground where, you know, maybe you're not a Christ follower, but yet you're also not engaging in this stuff and, you know, inviting it. Like, what if you're just kind of in a, uh, you know, middle, middle balanced place where you're not kind of dabbling in either, either one, yeah. Who, yeah, who, I mean, who's going to get you or what's going to happen? <laughs> yeah, de definitely. I mean, can a, can an unsaved person steer clear of things that are of the occult? Yes. And there are unbelievers that do not get involved in 
some of the things that we just talked about. Um, and so the less involved in things of the occult you get, then the less exposure you have on the demonic highway, if you want to think of it like that, right? You're less, you're least, you're least likely to get hit by a demonic car if you're not on the demonic highway, right? So yes, you are going to be less apt to put yourself in that vulnerable place. But again, thinking in terms of eternity, um, where will that ultimately lead that individual after death becomes, I would say, the question, even if you can get through this life and, you know, nothing paranormal happens to you, um, which I'm sure for most people, they don't have a lot of paranormal experiences. It's rare for someone to have an experience like that. And again, the more you go seeking that stuff, the more likely you're going to bump into it. Um, so yeah, I would say to your question, if an unbeliever stays out of those things, then yes, they're, they're more apt to just be, be fine in terms of a demonic attack, but then they won't be saved at the end of the game. It makes me um, wonder how many, how many Christians there are that maybe used to dabble in all this demonic or seance stuff. And then, um, it had experiences, then found Jesus, and now not, nothing happens, and yeah. and they're attributing it to being saved, but really they just don't dabble with it anymore, so it's not there. I would say it's both. Um, I would say it's both, yeah. I mean, I used to have sl uh, sleep paralysis all the time. And Same here. Same yeah. That freaks me out. I, when I, see I that. still get it. Woof. I still get them. How come I still get it then? I'm a Christ follower. Is it because I'm an in-betweener? Because I, tell you, I, I still, don't know. I, I, I can't answer that for you, Michelle. Yeah, from time to time, I get sleep paralysis, and it's really scary. Now, remember, a Christian, about? a Christian can do things or bring things into their house that give legal right to demonic spirits. So... You oh, know, that's right. You told me about that one. For example, let's say I'm a, I'm a saved Christian, but if I'm going to go whip a Ouija board out right now and start playing with it and a spirit, you know, comes through a portal. I mean, it's not like that won't happen just because I'm a Christian. I should know better not to be playing with that stuff. Now it won't possess me because once you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you know, two spirits can't inhabit the same house. Right. So, you, but why would I be doing that? But yeah, I mean, it's not like if I go into a haunted house as a Christian, I'm going to be putting myself in danger just like an unbeliever would. I what if mean it's not really a haunted house, but it was just set up to look like one? What, one you went to? Yeah, no, well, I'm just saying in general, like, you know, when, like when I, when, when I lived in Manhattan and, you know, we'd go to 27th Street, I forgot what it was called. Um, they'd set up you know, I mean, obviously everyone does this all over the place where they set up a house to look like a haunted house. And like in Orlando, like Orlando, right. they got that, they got that big thing. Is that, that's bad? That's, so, that so bad? in other oh, words, no, I'm not talking about those. Oh, I'm no, sorry. No, I'm not no, talking I'm about saying, this. Yeah, because there aren't really spirits in there. It's just for show. No. But if you, yeah, those are just spirits. actors. No, it's I, right. So I'm if you talking about that, like what my parents you, went to. What I'm saying is if you attend something like that, are you doing anything evil or, or inviting anything because they're not there? I would say 
that the, the, the risk there would be, you know, you're probably entertaining the spirit of fear, right? So you go into those haunted houses and you, and it invokes the spirit of fear in you, right? God says he has not called us, he has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love of power and of a sound mind. I mean, a lot of times people go to those things and they get so scared that that fear can stay with you for a while. But you know? God expects you to fear him. That confuses me. God expects but, you to but, fear but, him. But it's, but it's like a reverent fear, like a respect, like a deep, you would fear an authority, like you would have respect. Not necessarily like a boogeyman, not like- um, Well, don't Christians fear, or, or, or I know Michelle probably- um, or we know we know several people in our in our circles that fear going to hell, right? So yes. they they want to do what what's right, so that they don't. Well, yeah, I mean, fearing hell mm -hmm. is different than fearing the Lord. I mean, we should fear the Lord in the sense that He has the authority to judge us. So it's you're having that reverent fear of someone who is holding your soul in their hand because it's Christ that's going to judge us. So it's fear in that sense, like. Um, like that, but I think going to a like a an actor-based haunted house, I wouldn't necessarily, and maybe people would disagree with me, but I I wouldn't necessarily say that there's like demon the risk of a demonic spirit happening in that location. I would say your biggest risk is probably leaving there, maybe having nightmares or you're carrying an image of a face on a clown that you saw when you were walking through yeah. that haunted house. And that, and that image stays with you in your mind. I mean, sometimes things can just get stuck in your subconscious mind and it pops up every now and then, and it makes you feel fearful. And God says that we are to think on the things that are good, that are holy, that are righteous, that are good. So to be thinking about an evil clown face is really not what God intends for us to be putting into our mind. I would say that would probably be the biggest risk rather than like, you're going to get possessed because you go to a haunted house at Orlando universal studios. Like I, I wouldn't really think that that's my opinion that from my understanding, I mean, maybe there are some Christians that would disagree with me, but that's how I understand it. Um, Cause again, it goes back to this uh, abstain from all appearance of evil. Well, if I know my Lord's commanded me to have no part in the worthless deeds of darkness and evil, but then I'm going to go spend 30 minutes going through a haunted house or, you know, fear fest. That's not what God is intending for me to put in my soul, to put in my mind. You know, I, I would, I would think that. Hmm. Um, and Michelle, I think that's what's going on with you with that video game. You're, you're, mm. you're, you're, you're giving yourself over to fear. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you stop playing a game and then you're still afraid. And so every little noise, every little thing, oh, it's like it's fear. God doesn't mm -hmm. want you living like and that. That's, yeah, and that's happening to my son. Because for yeah. me, it's funny. It's for me, I'm not, I don't know. Like I, I wasn't, I don't know. It's, I don't think I'm thinking about it. I'm not really scared. I'm not, I, I don't know. I'm really not. But just the weird things are happening, which is, you know, I'm, I'm trying to chalk it up as nothing and coincidences. I'm not, I'm not letting my mind go there, but me being startled easily that I'm not really sure what's happening with that because that's, I mean, come on, my son just walked in the door and I'm like, Oh my God. Like I jumped and I'm like, what the heck? And he's like, I live here. You know, like, he's like, <laughs> he's like you know, what do you mean? What, what, what are you scared of? You know, uh, anyway, but um, so things like that, 
but uh, my son though was really opening himself up to fear because he literally he comes out he's 23 years old you know it's like you not know, he's a baby or anything but he can't sleep at night he's not really sleeping he's, he's subjecting himself to so much fear that you know and i told him i said just pray pray to god you know yeah you have to have jesus in your life <laughs> you know just get away from those games like what are you doing and he's just saying that he's trying to desensitizing himself but that's i think he's making it worse so but yeah yeah again every person you know sometimes people get into things they shouldn't and it creates Mm. fear and then it makes them stop i know with me even before i became a believer i stopped the whole paranormal stuff i was getting involved in and i mean Mm. i was a member of the paranormal uh investigative (laughs) library I mean, I, just I see was Ghostbusters. like, holy I see cow, you. man. I was like all in, man. I had a membership in New York at the paranormal uh, library where they had oh hidden God. tapes of stuff. That's you know. hysterical. Like, yeah, man. And, and I got, I got to a point where I saw a video. Um, uh, it, it was a group of investigators and they were doing some sort of seance thing and they had a video of this guy and it was all heat recorded with like a heat recorder, like the military has and you saw the guy's face change. That freaked me out so much. From that point forward, I was done. I was like, I don't know what I'm getting involved in. This is scaring me and I'm done. Like that, that was it for me. So usually that'll happen. People will hit a wall, something scary will happen and you'll be like, that's my limit. I'm done with this, you know? Um, You know, let me just share a couple more scripture just to finish this part off. So I pulled a verse three, John one 11. It says, dear friend, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. So again, again, we're not to imitate what is evil. Um, an example of that, Michelle, I would say you dressing like a demon would be like <laughs> imitating what is evil. Um, but I mean, you know that, I mean, you get that. Um, Romans 12, nine says, hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Um, and then first Corinthians 10, 20. Um, I'm just, I'm going to go down to verse 21. It says, you cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the Lord's table and of the table of demons. I think this is what the churches are doing. They're trying to you know, drink from the cup of, partake of the Lord's table, but also partake of the table of demons. So they're mixing that which is of God and that which is of the occult to attract people rather than choosing a side, you know? And according to the Bible, you, they, the two don't mix. They don't mix. So... That's my last, that's my last scripture. Well, I just, and I just love that. I think that's great that you pointed that out. But what baffles me is like, seriously, you're a pastor. Don't you read the Bible? How do you not see the scripture or how do you, like, how do you rationalize it? You know, I I, I just, just that's a great question, Michelle. And I think the, this is my opinion for those who honestly don't know, like, I think there Mm -hmm. are some pastors that probably know what they're doing. Okay. Mm -hmm. But for the ones that are ignorant and they don't know, I think it's because Mm -hmm. they honestly don't see it as uh, evil. They don't see the occult in Harry Potter. And it could be because they've never been exposed to the occult. 
So they think it's a Disney movie or they think it's like a, a fun family fun movie. They, they don't understand that what that's indoctrinating people into or getting them used to seeing and it, it, they become familiar and desensitized to things of the occult. Right. Um, so yeah. that, that might be why they're probably seeing mm -hmm. they're not they're not seeing they don't have the discernment built up enough to, to discern the the parts that are occult. They're only seeing on the surface, you know, oh, it's a bunch of kids going to Hogwarts and they're just going to school and they're flying around on broomsticks. Right. They're, they're not they're not they're not understanding the deeper symbolism there. That would be my guess as to why maybe they're doing that. I just think maybe they don't know. Yeah. You know? Yeah, because the church that I used to go to that all my friends are involved in, they are big, like big Disney fans. They, 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 are, they promote it, you know, them going. They go, they, have, they go all the time. But they're so into the Harry Potter. I mean, they dress up like it every Halloween almost. So they're very, very into very into the um that you know the harry potter stuff and, and they find it very harmless because they feel about, oh go ahead michelle no i was gonna say they they their thing is you know their reasoning is that you know um if you know the word or if you know um scripture then then you're not going to be subjected to that or you're not going to be um like if you have a level head so to speak you know what i mean like then you're not going to fall for that stuff so they, they make it harmless i guess is how they say it right but then it's not then they're not obeying these verses take right, no part right. in, abstain from you know it's not saying hey go hang out and guard your mind so so that it's saying stay away from it it's like saying don't go near the fire not go right the fire, not near the fire um yeah you know and the other thing too i've noticed is a lot of these movies let's say that introduce people to things that are very occultic like these vampires and werewolves like i'm thinking of twilight it's very sensual it's very like hip they've got yeah. attractive actors you look at so harry, that. yeah you look yeah. at harry potter and the magic and it's yeah. like wow i want to learn magic you know and mm -hmm. then you, you got kids that are like i want to do that i want to be able to be like that I mean, subconsciously, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And then they come and they go to church and they hear the gospel and it's like, wah, wah. Mm. <laughs> right? It's like, <laughs> it's like, yeah, okay, Jesus. Yeah, okay, you die for me. Uh, whatever. I, I want to go learn that magic stuff. That looks mm -hmm. cool. Yeah, well, I'm yeah. kind of sitting here going, what fun are you guys allowed to have? Because <laughs> isn't like 99% of everything we look at every day a cult? I mean, what movie can you watch? Isn't everything about exaggerating and dramatizing and mythical? I mean, that's what we want to see. So exactly. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. No, you're right, uh, Cheryl. I mean, our um, what would you say? Movies, television shows. Yes, definitely have trended more and more. And even in the I don't think years, it's a secret message to demonize us. I, I think it's. <laughs> Just, that's what that's what what uh pulls in our our attention otherwise we're bored like you said wah wah you know <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, but, well, that, 
Yeah, I, about it. I mean, and that stuff is real. You know, I dabbled mm-hmm. in the occult. I can tell you that that stuff like spellcrafting and all and, and, and all the stuff that you learn in the occult, that stuff has real power. And so let's say someone starts doing that and they start realizing like, well, this stuff works, you know, it can get very intoxicating and it could get addicting. And then what you're not doing is following Christ and you're going farther from Christ. And then when you hear the gospel, it's, it's definitely not all that cool because it's a lot more exciting to use demonic power to get what you want. Remember uh, when Satan tempted Christ in the desert, what did Satan say? He said, bow down to me and I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world. Right? So if you want the things of this world and you follow Satan, you can get a lot of those things demonically. Right? That stuff's real. And um, it pulls a lot of people away. And, you know, it's funny. I'm thinking about you saying how, you know, what, what kind of fun do we have? You know, I don't know if it's because I'm getting older, but um, I don't know. I f- you have more peace, I guess, when you're a Christ follower and you don't follow the things of the world, I guess. I'm feeling more peaceful. I feel, um, I don't know, just you don't want the things of the world. You don't want to chase it. You don't, you, t- you get tired of it. So that's not fun. It doesn't, it's not fun anymore. You know, I don't care if I go to a Halloween party anymore. I think that's just I maturity. I feel the same way. I guess, yeah, I guess it could be that. I'm not 21 anymore. Right. But if I, you know, if it has to do with, you know, drinking or whatever, like, oh, let's go to a party to drink, you know, I'll just do that in my house, you know, by myself or with my family or not, I'm not going to get drunk, but I'm just saying it's like, I don't know. Yeah, I guess you're right. It, it could be maturity. That's not because you're a Christian. It's because you're older. Uh, <laughs> but I will say, but, but I will say, um, cause I experienced that too, Michelle, like your, mm-hmm. your desires change. Yeah, Th- that is true. I mean, um, and because my conversion was so night and day, I, I can tell you that um, even things that I was doing at that age, um, I lost the desire for that, that most people my age would still do without a problem. You know, um, mm-hmm. you do desire different things. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe it's like what the Bible says, the God that circumcises your heart and, and you, the desires of your heart are different. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm yeah, a, I don't know. You know, I, but there is, um, you're right, Michelle, there's like a, you're just, you're less apt to be like, oh, I got to go here. I got to do that. You know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. the desires change. The things you yeah. want changes. Yeah. Right. I mean, I still want things, of course. I mean, I still want you know, things in the world as far as like new iPhones and stuff, iPad and iMac, you know, things like that. You know, I still, there it's still things that I, I want. I desire things of this world, but um. I don't know. Cause for me, that's exciting. Getting something new is like an excitement for me, I guess. But, um, but we, yeah, we have, as long, you know, have the peace of, you know, knowing that this isn't it, you know, that there's another world that we're going to be going to. So I'm looking forward to it. New bodies and all that. Now, but before we end, cause I know we're, we're, we're getting ready to end. Um, yeah. Michelle, I know you and I have spoken a lot about psychics. Do you want to just spend like oh, yeah. five minutes on, on that topic? Like yeah. you said you have my, a lot of family. Don't, don't I name do. names, I, but like. My cousin. Said- yeah, my cousin is one. And uh, it's funny because she lives in Long Island and it's like she's, and it's the same name. <laughs> it's not her, but 
She has like the same. Oh, like the Long Island medium. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's from Long Island, but uh, yeah, she never was one. She never was a a medium, but uh, her parents died, or I think it happened after my uncle died, or something like that. Yeah, and I know I remember her. She was brought up um, Protestant in Brooklyn, and uh, I know, and it's weird because it's like in Brooklyn you're either Catholic or Jewish. There really wasn't like a Protestant or Christian. Like we looked at them like, what the heck is that? What are you born again? What does that mean? Like we didn't, we looked down upon those type of people. I mean, I know that's we were taught. Um, so that she, she didn't really follow, I guess, her, her religion. And I, I remember her when I became a Christ follower, she was asking me questions and I was trying to share the gospel. I actually didn't know what the gospel was, but I was trying to share her, share with her my faith. And then she wound up Jehovah Witness. She, she wound up seeking them. And I remember trying to tell her, no, 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 don't, don't go there. Do, you know, do this. And, and then all of a sudden, I don't know what happened, but she wound up all of a sudden getting visions and things. And now she's a, she's a, she's a psychic that, that sees visions. And, and, you know, they talk to her, like spirits talk to her and things. And she, she like, I haven't seen her since this happened because I live here and she lives there. But my parents have seen her. My sister has seen her. So this is something they, that just out of the blue, she just started seeing Out things. of the blue, she just started seeing things and, and saying things like, oh, you know, um, such so-and-so said this or so-and-so said that or and then it came is, true i don't know if it can't i'm not really sure i'm not because I, I just i don't want to hear it i just kind of freaks me out a little bit but i even i stopped following her on, on my social media because she i think she just went off the deep end to tell you the truth um i don't know if i believe any of that but yeah she she definitely is uh saying that she is talking about spirits and things and family members well my well, sister would I was say my sister went to a psychic. I went to a psychic as well, but my sister went to a psychic and, um, and they said things uh, that did come true. Like they, she, they said things to her that was like, wow, except for me, like they said, Oh, she's going to be a pharmacist. And I'm far from that. <laughs> so that was really interesting, <laughs> but yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's interesting. I, I, oh, sorry about that. I'm just curious, Cheryl, like, um, what do you think about mediums? You know, people like the Long Island medium on TV. Have you ever seen that show? Oh yeah. What do you think about that? I just think it's all quackery. So you think like, like, what do you think you think? I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm sure there are people that absolutely, you know, believe they have that connection, but there's certainly, I, I would say most of them are, um, you know, using magic tricks to make it look like they know what they're talking about. So let's take, so I, I a couple years back, I had watched a few of those episodes and, you know, you watch those episodes and whatever, I forgot her name, but the Long Island medium says something to someone and then, you know, it's true, right? Like it's, it's real, like whatever she says to them. So how do you think she's doing that? You think She's got an earpiece in her ear and someone's sitting there with Google in the background, Google, <laughs> Google searching that. Like, it could be. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just curious. Like, well, there, I mean, how do, you, I, how do you think she's doing that? I don't know much about it. I, I just know that there are ways. And even if it's just, um, you know, the chance of this story being greater than the chance of that story. I mean, they could, they could just be pulling things out of their pocket um, that are that are more likely to be true for this person. Um, that, that's all I know. The same way magic 
you know, the, the same way a magician would do an act. Yeah. Um, it's similar. They yeah, don't like they're, they're generalizing uh, on a particular person and they just randomly uh, happen to. They have their ways. I mean, I don't know what they are because I don't study it again, but they have their ways of, of finding out things, you know, that's that are seemingly being pulled out of thin air, but they're not. Yeah, my brother's a magician and I, I know how that, that's done. Um, so that's what you think's happening. You think that they're doing a magic trick, that the Long Island medium has studied magic and that's what she's doing. Yeah, I, I would say, I would say for the most part, yes, but I also do believe that there are people that, that honestly think that they are connecting to these worlds. Now, is it true? I don't know. Okay. Like there are people who, you know, like Daphne on Frasier, you know, she, she truly believes that she has psychic visions, you know, um, but they may or may not be random, I, I guess is my point. I'm, I'm not sure. I don't know much about this. Hmm. Michelle, what do you think? Well, I used to watch it every single episode, every episode, every psychic show that was on there, the guy, um, John, I forgot his last name. I watched him, Long Island Medium. I, I just thought they were great because I wanted to know about the afterlife. I wanted to know, you know, when people die, I, uh, is someone able to see, you know, if they're okay and whatnot. And I really was touched by a lot of these. And it, it kind of gave me, like, um, hope, I guess, that, that there was an afterlife or whatever, you know, that it, it would really encourage me. But... Um, you know, talking to you about it, I mean, you really enlightened me, the fact that it's not the family members, that the enemy, the demon, knows everything. They, they know your family members. Oh, the members. familiar spirits. Yeah. I, yeah, and that was, that really made a lot of sense. It's like, so, you know, somebody thinks that they're talking to their dead grandmother, but they're not. They're, they're talking to, a de like, the evil spirit that knows everything about the grandmother, about your life. So, of course, they're, they're feeding these mediums, the information from an evil person, you know, like from an enemy, because they know. And my, but my question was always like, well, why would they do that? Like, why would they do that? Because the shows that I watch, they're all positive. It's always about, yeah, I'm fine. Everything is okay. And I love you and all this stuff. And to me, it gave the people hope and closure. So why would the a demon want to do that to help somebody have closure you know that was always yeah i mean that's a great question you know look i'm i'm taking a guess here i, I can't mm -hmm. say with absolute certainty but i would say mm -hmm. that when you really think about the damage psychologically that does to someone and spiritually because the bible says that it's appointed once unto man to die and then the judgment and you go to heaven or hell and so here, here comes a medium who is claiming that maybe one of your relatives who probably didn't know Christ, who is in hell, they're talking to. And they're saying, oh, that person's great. They're doing fine. And, you know, they, they wish you well. And they hope that, you know, when you have your graduation next week that they wish they were there. And the people are like, how did you know that I was going to graduate? Or what about, you know? But what about the kids? Like for me, it's like if somebody lost their kid, Okay, well, then go, go the other way. What if somebody um, knew Christ and they're, they're, they're with the Lord? Mm -hmm. uh, what that lady's claiming is that somehow that person is, you know, that she has access, direct access mm -hmm. to this person who, according to the Bible, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. 
So this, this medium is claiming that you somehow have a direct connection to some person who is with the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it's completely unbiblical, number one. And I think it creates mm-hmm. spiritual confusion for people. Again, you always have to drive back to what is the demonic world, this unseen world that we read about in Ephesians 6, these, uh, these dark authorities and powers in the heavenly places. What, what are their, what's their agenda, right? What's the mm-hmm. satanic agenda? It's to keep people from being saved. And to me, I would guess, again, okay, um, that... It, 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 it feeds that confusion. So that would be my guess to, to answer, to answer your, to take a guess at your, your question, Michelle, I would say, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I, I, I personally am of the belief that, you know, are there people who, who learn that ma- uh, magic um, technique where they're able to lead and, and to do what Cheryl's describing, sure, there, there might be a handful that are doing that, right? I'm sure that that's true for some people. I do believe that there are some real um, people who call themselves mediums who are really communicating with spirits. And I would say that those spirits are demonic spirits. They're not the dead relative that they claim to be speaking to. They're the familiar spirits. When you study the occult, you learn this term called familiar spirits. And these are spirits that, that are familiar with you and your family. That's why they're called familiar spirits. And they are the ones that when these psychics claim to hear things, you know, being told to them telepathically or whatever, um, that's where that's coming from. It's coming from that unseen spiritual world that, that we talk about in Ephesians 6 that you're not supposed to be messing with. You're not supposed to be tampering with that, you know? Um, so yeah, I, I would say that there's probably a mixed bag there of people who are involved in trickery. And then I think there are some authentic people who, who have studied the occult and are tapping into that realm and communicating with familiar spirits and they shouldn't be doing that. And we shouldn't be obviously going to those, you know, but um Okay. Well, I just wanted to ask, ask that question because I know, Michelle, you and I spoke about that. All right. Well, we, I think we've, uh, we've officially spooked everybody out. So mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think we can end here unless anybody has mm-hmm. anything else to say. No, I think we're good. I think we have a lot of, a lot of editing to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. This is a three hours. <laughs> we talked for three hours. But anyway, yeah. All right, cool. All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening and have a great, great night. Bye. Bye, guys. Back to my scary movies. Bye now. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so funny.